0: Hi friends, just a quick note before we jump into this week's episode. In Stride is brought to you by Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a first of its kind equestrian coaching platform that will transform your independent schooling rides. Ride IQ members get access to the private mobile app with hundreds of on-demand listen while you ride audio lessons, taught by top eventing, jumper, and dressage coaches. And since you like podcasts, the Ride IQ app also includes over 100 exclusive podcast episodes to keep you company during your hack your commute, your barn chores, or whatever it is you do while you listen. Membership is only $29.99 per month, and every membership automatically includes a two-week unlimited access free trial. Get started by downloading the Ride IQ mobile app on iPhone or Android. On today's episode of InStride, Stride, Sinead talks to Sharon White. Sharon is an international five-star event rider and trainer based at Last Frontier Farm in Summit Point, West Virginia. Over the years, Sharon has worked with several top equestrians, including Bruce Davidson, Torrance Watkins, Linda Zhang, Jimmy Wofford, and others. Known for her signature orange and white cross-country colors, Sharon has had an impressive career, including representing the U.S. in FEI Eventing Nations Cup competition and being named as a reserve rider for the 2018 FEI world equestrian games in addition to traveling internationally to compete at the top levels of the sport sharon has competed over 10 times at the kentucky three-day event including a top 10 finish in 2018 with her current partner cooley on show sharon is a USEA icp level 4 certified instructor and a highly sought after coach and clinician Sinead and sharon are talking about mindfulness and utilizing breath work we hope you enjoy this episode
1: Welcome, everyone. We have Sharon White with us, who keeps gravitating towards the ceiling with her iPhone. I'm like, I don't actually know how to do it. They are very unruly. It. It's okay. We started a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago with Tammy Smith, and she was just holding it, and about 10 minutes in, you know, the thing starts shaking because she didn't, I think, realize we were going to be on the phone so long. So the phone, <laughs> we need some, some uh, podcast stands or something to send out. Exactly. Well, we're so happy to have you on. I'm so pleased that you found the time. I know there's never time to be had, so I really, I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you so much for you know wanting to talk to me. I'm, I'm happy, so happy to you know get to talk with you. about the things
1: that... <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's like the running joke we have that like the only time I can get to like talk to my friends and chat with people is on this podcast. I'm like, I haven't spoken to this person in forever. So will you get on this live call with me so we can catch up? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, so first of all, where where are you? You're in you're at your house at
2: in West Virginia, West Virginia. So at my farm, last frontier farm in West Virginia right now.
1: And um, I was looking at that, and I I think I've just always associated you with Last Frontier Farm, but I never actually thought about that name. Can you explain why the farm is named that?
2: Absolutely. So um, it's called Last Frontier Farm because I grew up in Alaska, um, and Alaska is the last frontier. So my mm-hmm. parents, when we bought it, we named it Last Frontier Farm because... Um, I think my dad would really have preferred to be in Alaska. Here goes my phone again. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, and he ended up in a landlocked state (laughs) because uh, his two favorite So, (laughs) uh, but Alaska was really, that's where I grew up. My parents absolutely loved it. So this is, um, this is, that was in homage to our favorite state.
1: When, and when did you move from Alaska here?
2: Um, when I was about 12. Okay.
1: Right. And your parents, everybody, you all moved to this farm. So you've, you've pretty much been there since you were a teenager. Uh,
2: well, no, we didn't move to this farm. No, this oh, farm okay. we to about 20 years. Um, okay. dad was in the Coast Guard. So he got transferred from Alaska to the East Coast. To, right. Um, uh, so he worked in uh, Coast Guard headquarters in DC, outside of DC, DC. So, uh, and- I started riding with my mom mm-hmm. uh, when, when we moved back, we were looking for, you know, as you do with, for your kids, you look for yeah. things for them to do. And my mom one day was like, I, I want to go, I want to go horseback ride. And she opened up the yellow pages <laughs> and <laughs> found a local riding school and we went out and that's when I started riding horses. And yeah, she had, right. also, yeah, my mom had always wanted a horse growing up and could never afford to have one. And, yeah always loved them so, so it was that's how we started
1: that's so cool i didn't realize that and your mom had not ridden before and you guys just started riding together
2: no she had ridden before she had ridden a yeah. little bit growing up um mm-hmm. and again had always wanted a horse but couldn't afford one yeah. and actually tried out for her college riding team uh, and didn't make it <laughs> because that was that's what if you don't actually ride you know you're not gonna like right. the college team. <laughs> but, oh, wow. We always loved it so when we started she was absolutely you know way better than I was um, <laughs> so that um, that was it was her passion and I had never actually even thought about a horse and really uh, yeah never never crossed my mind really oh. and that first that first experience that first smell right yeah. that first,
1: <laughs> it either it either makes you leave or it draws you in forever yeah <laughs>
2: Okay, and there's something about this I really like.
1: <laughs> Leather and manure. It's uh, just like a yeah. really, you know, <laughs> it's a nice cologne. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and so where was that in? Where was that? Was that in, in
2: Virginia? In Virginia, in Virginia oh. so Great Falls Force Center. And it was just mm-hmm. a local riding um, school, and they happened to do eventing. They had an unrecognized event there. Oh. Yeah, so that's how I started venting because I didn't know there was anything else. We didn't yeah. just didn't so that's um that's where I landed and right. how I into the sport. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Now and your dad in the Coast Guard, I didn't I didn't know that either already five minutes in. I'm learning all sorts <laughs> of things.
2: Um
1: and what did he do in the Coast Guard? Did he was he you said he was in headquarters? Like what
2: was that? Well he started out he was always um he was a captain of an ice cutter in Alaska so he was always on a ship he loves the ocean right oh but God. then they wanted him in headquarters so that was um Hard. you know but much prefer had to have been on a ship but right they, they needed him so right
1: wow that's wild you know Lynn mansky's brother i'm sure you know is in the I coast
2: know yeah i yeah. know
1: and I'm always like, You're, you do what? You fly yeah. helicopters for the co-? I mean, it just seems bananas, the training they have to go through and all yeah. that. It's wild. Yeah. Um, much, much respect. So kind of an adrenaline uh, gene in the family or something there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought her brother in pony club. <laughs> that. I bet you did. Because you guys would have all been in the same area. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So funny. I remember at one uh, pony club camp with him, we had to like play games mounted games yes. and I was so competitive it was him and I like doing barrels or something ridiculous <laughs> and I was so, he was so little and I was like I think he beat me anyway <laughs> <laughs> it was so well, funny.
1: I be- I believe it because I hadn't spent any time with him until Lynn's wedding and then I mean, he got this minute he showed up. We gave him the MVP of Lynn's wedding. I mean, Lynn didn't even get the MVP, and she was, you know, the bride. Yeah. Um, Danny, it was every type of game. I mean, I think they were playing what's the um, game in the pool where you have somebody on your shoulders and you're like trying to,
2: or you're trying to
1: drown the other person? Yeah, like yeah. Marco Polo, like on crack.
2: Right. <laughs> like,
1: um, I mean, I've never seen grownups. Well, that's not true. I have seen grownups act that childish before, but it was <laughs> hilarious. Anyway. Um, Well, that's so cool. So then what, what was the catalyst into buying uh, the farm or or kind of elevating things to the next stage or step?
2: Well, um, the catalyst for buying the farm is not a, it was a little bit, um, uh, my mom was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor. And so she was given, you know, basically she was told she had six months to live. And I know, right, so, and she was like, okay, and I was leasing a farm, my parents were living outside of Washington, D.C., my mom was working in the city, both of them were working in the city, Um, Mm -hmm. and my mom said, well, I want to be closer to my daughter, and Mm -hmm. so let's find a piece of land, you know, and a house, we needed a one-level house, because didn't know what was going to happen to her physically, Um, and, you know, she thought, we'll just have a field, we can put some retired horses out there, and at least I'll be closer to you, so, yeah, we were looking for places and I came out to this farm used to be Brandenburg farm um, Mm -hmm. and York and David York Eichmann and David Smith owned it. And so I came out here because it's West Virginia, but it's right Mm -hmm. over the border. And I thought, oh, Mm land will be cheaper. So I asked them, I said, if you know of any place, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, near you or whatnot, no, my mom just wants to be closer and I was, my, the farm I was renting was not too far away from here, mm-hmm. uh, and your came to me a couple of weeks later and was like, well, how would you like to buy our farm? And I was like, uh, in my wildest dreams, <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, They just, they made it possible, wow. and it, so it's so, unbelie- this place is so unbelievably special to me because my yeah. mom has been living for 12 years here,
0: right? Wow.
2: It's a, there's a perfect one bedroom house that we set up. My parents lived in, I lived with them. Um, so it it was it was yeah. so sad, right, because the horses yeah. and the dogs and the activity and you know, my mom was really good until she was wheelchair bound and then when she was wheelchair bound, she was completely always completely with it mentally. So mm-hmm. those twelve years. Um she got to boss us around. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be the lady, the lady of the manor. <laughs> um, so it was. I feel like this having this farm um, was part of the reason she lived so long mm. with that diagnosis because wow. it's such a special place, and yeah. I think animals are so special, and you know, activity and family is so special. So you know, we got to be together basically the whole time, and, mm you know, that's, it's cool. Yeah. Were,
1: cool. And were the doctors just like amazed or were they like, what, what are you doing? What is this? Can you bottle this? You're like, yes,
2: she, mother. Mother. <laughs> oh, she is pretty tough. I was, she was, yeah. pretty, she was strong-willed. Right. Yeah. So, and she was like, I am not ready to go yet. And yeah. Wonderful, wonderful um, treatment and doctors. And she fought it the whole time. Like she, mm-hmm. every step of the way was this, this is not gonna get me, right? Like mm-hmm. this is, this will not get me, right? So, and it was sheer, I think, force of will. <laughs> I mean, right. just unreal. So, um, wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And again, I think horses are very special. I think dogs are very special. I think, you know, animals are very special. Being outside is very special. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, you know, that we are so lucky to do every day but they are, we're so lucky to do. And they help, they, you know, they help so much with um, health, right? And, and uh, you know, how you feel and all the things that really matter when life sucks mm-hmm. you a curve like that. I mean, that, yes. right? But she just was like, I'm not ready to go yet, so. No, that's amazing.
1: And it's, what's so, um, you know, what's so hard w- with any type of sickness, is that the exact opposite is often prescribed, you know, rest, stay inside medication that makes you tired and you don't want to go outside and do anything, okay. you know, and that, like, even if I'm, you know, just tired, if I stay inside, I always feel worse. Like I'm like yeah. Get me into the sun. <laughs> like,
2: right. For sure. Um, you know, I think that's why COVID was so hard for so many people. Right. And you know, again, we're just so, so lucky that we can be outside all of the time, time with our, yeah. group, right. It's just good for the, good for the soul.
1: Yeah. I was, um, I, you know, I was thinking about this podcast and I was um, brought back just to this year in at Kentucky, I was in the booth with John Kyle and we were doing some commentating and you were on there and I just said, you know, Sharon's just got just this energy and people just want to be in her space. You know, it's just really great space. And, you know, he stopped and he said, you know, then I think about it from the first time I met Sharon, I felt the same way. Like she just, I didn't, I maybe spoke two words to her and I thought, I really like her.
2: <laughs>
1: and I was thinking, you nice. know, it, and this is a roundabout way to, to get to that because I actually wrote down, like, was this, was this the energy in your household? What was it like growing up? Was this kind of how your parents were? Like, what, what do you think, you know, it, I, it's hard to even put words on it, but often it's because you're around something that inspires that.
2: Well, I think I am um, very, very lucky with my parents, right? I always thought if I could just be as smart and as strong as my mom and as kind as my father, who is the world's kindest man, um, I would be doing all right. So I had really excellent role models.
1: Wow. That's well, I
2: think I think you have you can check
1: that. <laughs> I, I wasn't fortunate enough to, to meet your mom, but I, I think she would agree with me. Um, so, you know, going, going on from that, a lot of stuff that I've been reading lately that you've been writing has, has had a focus on mindfulness and energy and relationship. And, um, obviously that is kind of the way that the world is moving. And it seems to be a focus in your daily life, as well as your practices with your horses and your work. Can you talk about that a little bit and how that, how you kind of infiltrate that into your life?
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, so I think that this sport, right? This sport, you know how hard it is, right? How hard it is. Oh my God. (laughs) I always think, I think I've always thought, um, I wonder, I think all sports are this hard, right? If you're trying to do something at the highest possible level, I'm assuming that, uh, I mean, that all sports are unbelievably difficult because anything at the highest level, it takes a lot of, it just takes so much dedication, and so much time, and so much energy, and and whatnot. And we're all willing to do that, right? Like you don't, like we're all willing to put to give whatever it takes, right? And um, and I have come. Up, To find meditation and mindfulness through epic failure really right it was was just like absolute epic failure of proportions for me that i just i found my place self in a place where i was like i i can't actually work any harder i don't know i i don't know how to i get help from the absolute best people in the world i do all of the things and then um i had a good friend um who was like you know you're you're very talented but I don't know if mentally you're strong enough for this and I thought wow. okay, wow. right and it's like okay fair. like thank you right and he's like <laughs> and I was like thank you <laughs> okay here's something I haven't done right and, you're, day and you're gonna go do anything so yeah. I was like Okay, so interesting, right? So let me just do some like looking into this and see what I come like see what what happens, right? And Mm -hmm. and um, so I just started researching, (laughs) right? Because that's what you do—you gather information—and then this opened up this whole world of like how the mind works and all the things you can do for that. And I have just, I had no idea. Like you don't know what you don't know. And it's just like horses, like you just don't know what you don't know. But if you're interested, it's just so shocking how much you can learn and how much you can um, teach yourself and learn from others and whatnot. So literally, um, you know, I'd sort of, you've always heard, you know, meditation or blah, blah, blah and breathing. Da, da, da so you know i had you know tried that a little bit throughout my life but it had never really i kind of thinking
1: worked. i think though that it for us as because i have have been through this cycle a bit myself and i think yeah. for us as inventors, because everything has been so hard we're like there's no way it's that easy exactly
2: like, right like there's no, there's no way that can work, work. right <laughs> for sure right so yeah. like well there's you know at that, that point i you know when he said that to me my friend mm-hmm. and you know, I had just um, it had happened when I had had a bad Kentucky on Cooley on show, and I just you know like, and it was just so devastating to me. And I thought, I'll I'll try anything, right, to to see you know to make a difference. And it that has helped me so much. Like it has helped me so much be able to handle when things are difficult and realize the things that um, that that it is that horses respond so well to it. And this is why really I find it so interesting and why I'm so happy to share because at the end of the day, horses are my passion and horses respond so much to what is going, your energy level and what you're thinking and what's going on. Um, So that's where now I'm like, I'm going to share and I'm going to tell people about it because it it matters to horses. Right. So they like they if you are um it's just fascinating to me. So like for example I have three very different advanced horses at the same period of time. Um, Klaus 63, Cooley on show, and Cooley Kildare. And these three horses are so different, like so unbelievably different, right? That mentally um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Klaus is super emotional and, you know, everything, he reacts to everything. Um, Louis on show is just, like, the most athletic yet laid-back horse ever. He's just a competitor, right? But mm-hmm. on a daily basis, he's the laziest ever. And Coolie Kildare has been the most earnest creature, like the most genuinely earnest, like tries a hundred and twenty percent every day of his life. Right. So uh, when all three of them started to perform in the same way, right? Like they started to do Mm -hmm. the same things and there's a, there's a lot of beauty to that. Like there's a lot, I'm saying they do a lot of the same things that are good, but then there's some things like they do some things that were the same, that maybe weren't not so good. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, there's one common denominator here. And I'm talking about specific things like, you know, getting excited at the start box or, you know, just, um, Uh, you know, very, very specific things that they wouldn't all do the same. They didn't. And all of a sudden they were right. And I'm like, yeah, "Hmm, that's an energy level right there. Right. Like that is an energy level that comes from me. Right. So if I had, if I hadn't started a meditating, I wouldn't have realized the pattern of that, Mm -hmm. you know, because what I think that mindfulness and meditation allows you to do is to be able to see patterns and, Mm -hmm and go from there with that. And seeing patterns is, I think, um, a really, really useful thing to be able to do um, to perform anything at a high level.
1: When you talk about seeing patterns, are are you meaning like personal patterns with yourself in your life, with your horses? Can you- All of the above.
2: (laughs) <laughs> all, all of the all of the above right and mm-hmm. like so patterns in your relationships with others right like patterns with how you deal with your horses patterns with how you ride your horses right mm-hmm. um, patterns with how you react to certain things um, patterns with how um, you know how you deal with your staff and then what the end result is right because you always like things are always the same patterns between you and your fellow competitors patterns between, you know, everyone goes through exactly the same things, right? But it feels different. It feels like it's your own unique path, but actually Mm -hmm. it's happening to everybody.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) That's not what my live stream on Facebook
2: says. (laughs) (laughs) And I just find it, I find that so interesting. So um, I think it, um, it enables you to have a lot of compassion and empathy right and I think that's a really important thing in all relationships whether it's your relationship for the horse you're riding or um, you know the people around you or anybody I think that if you realize you know we all really do go through the same things mm-hmm. then you have more understanding and that's um, I, f- I find that so useful with my horses I have much more understanding of oh, like this is a strength thing, right? Like this is a, oh, this this will take time, but be patient and it's gonna get there, right? It doesn't have to happen right this moment. It's not that they're, you know, being bad ever. It's that, oh, they're just not there yet, either right. strength or education wise or whatnot. And being able to see those patterns, um, I just find so useful.
1: It's interesting
2: um,
1: how you say that because it's almost like, you can become a better um, advisor and coach personally for yourself, because it's, it's like, if, you know, that's what you're doing, and we can get to this a little bit later, but that's what you're doing for your students, right? You're able to clearly look and say, it's not you, it's this, it is you, but you can fix it. Like we just, you know, but we can, we can take the, the emotion out of it or the, you know, the negative emotion out of it. And it's just a thing. Whereas with ourselves, like I often, Try and step back because I'm not good at this. I'm so if I if I if I was as hard on everybody else as I was on myself, I would like no one I would be alone.
2: (laughs) Yes, for sure.
1: You know, you have to stop and go, okay, if I was coaching myself, if I was out stepping outside myself, what would I say? What would I do? I would never say what I'm listening to in my head, but it's almost sounding like what you're saying is that you can kind of look at things with a little bit more clarity and see them for what they are. as see, to being, you know, like it's the end of the world. I don't know what's going on in a big kind of clutter of emotion. No crap. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, I will say it is seeing the patterns is definitely way easier to help other people with, right? Yeah. Like that's, you can see the patterns and I can see them in myself, but it is way harder to deal with yourself, right? Like, and you are exactly right about that, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. if we, if you said, like if I, um, there's this wonderful book and I'm not remembering the name of it right now, but, um, and basically the guy says, if you just took your inner voice and Mm -hmm. all the things you say to yourself and you put that in a person next to you, right? And you were a person sitting next to you, telling you all of the things that you are telling yourself, you would never ever 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 be next to that person you would be like get away <laughs> from me right yes. right yeah. oh, please get a- please get away from me because that is not nice that is not kind that is not true right yeah. like it's yeah. not true it's not any of those things and i was like oh, that is so accurate, right? Like that is so accurate. And even intellectually knowing that it's, you know, you still beat yourself up. You still are hard on yourself. You still can't control the emotion. I still do all of those things. And, um, but I now at least know I'm doing them. And but then it's frustrating when you're like, just stop it and you can't. Yeah, but it it is so, it's so funny. I, um, (laughs)
1: like two days ago, I like, took a shower and I was like brushing my hair or something. And I just had this epiphany because, you know, I'm brushing my hair with my left hand because I broke my right that collarbone. And it. I, because it was so quickly after Violet was born, I, I'm really struggling with with body image and some weight that I was just like getting off right away the baby fat and, that, and then I'm stuck sitting still, right? <laughs> and I came out to take and I said, if my, um, if my body could take my brain to court, my brain would be in jail for like domestic violence emotional abuse yes <laughs> because sure. you know i'm like my i keep breaking myself i'm not spending enough time with the the rehabilitation and the strengthening side i'm yelling at myself after my like body just has gone through hell with a baby and hell with this break and i'm like why are you still hanging on to this you know i'm like oh my it just was this like moment of i my my brain would be in jail oh, yeah. <laughs> not okay but there's i think there's... you're <laughs> like noticing that and i've since that that was two days ago so like you know um but noticing that and trying to like you said i'm noticing those moments and just trying to even rephrase how i say it like i was riding the peloton and i asked Tick, i said do you think if i keep riding this peloton like every day for the next you know three months that like I won't be fat anymore. And he he was like, well, (laughs) it's like, first of all, and I, but in that moment, I thought that is a horribly mean thing to say to myself. You know, that's, it's, it's not true. Like, (laughs) of course, right. It's not not as fit as I would like to be, but there's definitely a better way to ask that question or speak and and whatnot. So like, you know, Tick, while Tick was kind of frozen in fear of trying to figure out how to <laughs> respond. Oh, poor Tick. This is one of those tricky moments I have to say exactly the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I said, don't answer that question. <laughs>
2: like, that was nice but, of you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but it, it is just such an interesting thing. Um and if that, if the, if the, the practice of meditation, which I need to get back to, it kind of comes and goes in my life, um, can help with that, you know, like if, what person at this stage of the game, like what percentage of your, um, you know, your learning, your self-improvement, your, all of that, do you feel like is on your technical side or on the emotional side? Could you put a, a percentage on that? That's kind of a broad question.
2: Oh, it is a, it's a great question. Yeah. It, um, it goes back and forth. Mm. Um, it does go back and forth. But I believe, I believe in um, I believe in learning something new every day. I believe in doing the things you have to do every day to, to, to get to, to stay good, to be good, to get better, to, um, to learn something new every day. Like, I think these things really are Um, what the human being craves, right, is progress and, and knowledge and learning things. So Mm -hmm. I would say to you, I, I read or listen to something new every morning, right? Like Mm -hmm. some, something that I want to, and I meditate every morning and I exercise every morning. And then I, um, I like this morning, I had lessons mm-hmm. with Patina Hoy, right? So there you're working your technical, right? Like, and so I, I believe percentage wise, it goes back and forth depending on where we are in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where I am, um, where I feel like I need the work, right? And if mm-hmm. so, if I'm, um, if I feel like, whoa, I need some more technical, I need to get, I need to work on my technical skill then I will go and do that. And then I'm like, oh, the technical still feels pretty good. But, you know, emotionally I'm struggling a bit, yeah. you know, then I will will hone more in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it change, that percentage changes. Mm-hmm. But I do prioritize these things every day. Mm-hmm.
1: What do your, like on an, I know it's, none of us have a normal day, but what would your, you know, daily practice, look like
2: like a normal average Tuesday <laughs> an average Tuesday <laughs> um well uh, a normal Tuesday where a, a normal Tuesday I am I wake up early because I think that things I've read I read in my meditation and my work on the mind that yeah. waking up early that is a really good thing to do so okay. yeah, I, I uh so I wake up at five so I have right. time to meditate to exercise I drink a cup of tea um mm-hmm. it, you know and um, I try and I, I'm not a <laughs> I feel like it's it's uh, I'm not a Pollyanna. I have lots of issues, right? <laughs> so but these things help me deal with my issues, mm-hmm. right? So these things make my day better, right? If I can start off doing these things, my day is better. I will ride my horses better. So mm-hmm. then um in the summer, I'm on my first one seven, seven thirty. Um, mm-hmm. it's a little late in the winter if it's colder. Um and then I ride for the day. I teach. Um, I do my riding first. I teach in the afternoon, mm-hmm. um, and then my evening routine is I'm working on it. I do not have a good evening routine yet. <laughs> <laughs> what makes
1: me normal is not being perfect. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs>
2: So, so my mm-hmm. evening routine used to be drink a glass of wine and that was super easy and I really liked that I thought that was great right? and then, Just this one you're yeah. good <laughs> I, yes. that's heart health basically <laughs> so uh, I still figure out what 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 makes uh, the evening better but um, mm-hmm. Henrik definitely my fiance makes my evenings way better um that,
1: oh, I didn't so. realize that it was a fiance when did that happen uh-huh
2: yeah valentine's day last year not this year but last year oh my
1: god congratulations i'm sorry i missed i missed the the oh it's
2: totally okay like we've been together we've been together so long now so how long? so you guys
1: are basically if you were in what new zealand you'd be common law married like what how long have you guys been together
2: 15 years
1: (laughs) (laughs) you just knew if you kept chipping away one day you'd say yes (laughs)
2: Exactly. So he's <laughs> uh, been very, very patient. I'm very lucky. <laughs> well, uh, that yeah. is so uh, so awesome. Congratulations. Um
1: what and so when you with your back to your morning practices, like yeah. how how long would you meditate? What and what does your like like exercise wise, what does that look like for you? Like what is that? Twenty um,
2: minutes, so, 10 minutes, three, an hour? Depends up. On- depends on the day all of the above (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the meditation is usually 15 Mm -hmm. minutes um Mm uh 15 minutes to half an hour but I I drink a cup of tea first and just sit there and um you know read something learn something do something you know there's just something to catch my interest Mm -hmm. that's um you know I don't I'm not on Facebook. So that's, mm-hmm. I think when most people will scroll, scroll through oh. Facebook, I, I just, you know, find something else. It's my version of Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. And then I meditate. And then exercise-wise, um, I'm a believer because I have a lot of metal in me, like, you know this, mm-hmm. right? Like in mm-hmm. the feeling of when you have a lot of metal in you, you can, you're limited with what you can do. So, so I do um, a Pilates yoga weight um, thing, it's um, a series of DVDs that I've been doing for years now. And I really, really like them. Um, and then I have an elliptical. So for my cardio, I use the elliptical. Right.
1: Right. It's um, it's so handy, isn't it? That's like I used to be a huge orange theory person, but the time restraints to get there, you know, like, it, I mean, it take two hours out of my day. I just couldn't keep up with it. And there was, there yeah. was, I loved it, but if something came up, you know like it came up and then i felt horrible not going where not going yeah and so then that i'm like that inner struggle so having a routine that you can do at home and that you feel you can repeat what it takes like 3 months to get a get that habit ingrained but once you feel like you can do it then there's really not a reason not to do it i guess
2: right no and there's um <clears throat> there's a wonderful book uh, atomic habits that is fantastic And it is, you know, how to form any habit, right? So these have all been habit. Like these are things that I've, uh, you know, I read that book and I was like, oh, I can do this. And I just turn these things. I think it's Atomic Habits.
1: Oh, Atomic. I was like, who's Tom (laughs) McCabbit? Yeah, no, Um,
2: Atomic. Atomic Habits. Gotcha. Okay. And I think that's great. You know, I think Chris Burton told me to read that book. Right. I think Right. Yeah. So they're like, this is share what, you know, share things that work yeah. for you, right? Like yeah, it matters. Yeah. So this is that morning routine. It's now a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you can turn, you can turn anything into a habit. Like, I love that about, like, I think you can teach a horse anything. I think you can actually teach a person anything. Mm-hmm. I think you can teach yourself anything. So, um, So these things that I find useful, I've tried to turn into habits. So like that morning routine is just a habit now. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do it, I feel bad. So, and it makes me feel better in my day. So I always like in my teaching and when I teach clinics, I say, well, you have a bad habit, replace it with a good habit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and just, and you can, because you can teach yourself anything. Right. So just say, take, you know, you take Make good habits, and they're just can you can start small, and it's turning them into small things. Just repetition through repetition, your body and your mind learns to do anything. And I absolutely love that because I, I believe that about myself, and I believe that about my horses too. I know it to be true with them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and it's, it's um, so I think that's that's just it's so fun to see what you can do.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, I think that is, I say that to myself and to my students a lot, because that isn't brain science. I mean, developing more myelin, you have to keep making the mistake and fixing it. That's what makes it a new habit. And so instead of getting mad at yourself, oh, I can't believe I did that again, because I used to do that all the time. I'd be trying to correct a positional thing. And 10 minutes later, you notice you're slouching again, or your left hand is doing this weird thing again, or your right knee is (laughs) pointing the wrong direction. And you're like, I just told myself to stop doing that. But yeah. it's like, if you can fix it 50 times, you're 50 times more likely to create a new habit because you're building more myelin in your brain. You're firing off yeah. more, you know, so it actually is helpful to keep fixing it, which is I think part of it For that sure. We don't, you know, we just beat ourselves up on the, the mistake and actually it takes the mistake to get better, you know? Of course, right,
2: that, of course. I always say failure, right? Failure, mm-hmm. that is your greatest information scre- mm-hmm. stream That's- if you will let it, right? Like when it's when you when it's wrong and you've done it completely wrong, you're actually getting better if mm-hmm. you see it as like if you learn from that mistake, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can take it and say, you know, I know it's it's awful, it sucks, and you don't want, you know, like no one wants to make a mistake. You don't want to, for sure. You don't want to get it wrong, especially in a moment that really matters. Yeah, But you, if it's already happened, you better learn from it, right? Like you better take that and get better from that. I always mm-hmm. say being, being an expert is just making every mistake there is to make in a very small field. And then you're <laughs> an expert. <right? laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly well I think that's the hard part I mean it's it's ego right and everybody everybody has it Like, <laughs> and the first person that pointed it out to me had said something again it was a friend who said something about my ego and I'm like I don't have an ego like I think I suck <laughs> and, and he said basically you you do because you care so much about making these mistakes and about what other people are thinking and what this judge of yourself. And i would never thought of that coin of the side of ego. Um,
0: yeah. and
1: that's, you know, then i of course I went out and got like, you know, Eckhart Tolle a <laughs> new earth. And I was like, what
2: is this? Is it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <See>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Long, yeah. I mean, th- that was a lot of trips back and forth to school with that on my, um, um, on my radio, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting side of things, and learning to manage that, or have it an appropriate level of ego when you need it and when you don't, for like certain mm-hmm. learning experiences, so that you allow yourself to be an idiot and learn, and it's okay. And then in certain performance situations, to if you need to puff up a little bit, that's okay too. You know, be proud of yeah. you, you know what you need to to do, but it's kind of like. You know that we laugh here all the time because it's like that that Goldilocks theory, right? Not too little, not too much, just the,
2: right. That's right. <laughs> the again. middle,
1: just right. Um, so I think that is like something we can't hear enough. Again, it's something easy to teach and um, sometimes hard upon uh, doing it personally. But again, that's creating a better habit of right of noticing it. And
2: of course, of course, it's that it. middle. That middle ground, right, it is where you right, where, like what we all actually want is right that middle ground of everything, and it's just <laughs> you know you go from one extreme to the other, right, pretty quickly. Yeah. I I do right, so yeah. at least if I can, it's you awesome. know, be aware of it, right, then I said mm-hmm. no, no, there's just that sweet spot in the middle where it's all it's actually so much easier than you think it is. <laughs> totally, totally,
1: it's um you know we do a lot of stuff in the round pen here. And I actually find that a really great place to um, separate myself from myself on the horses and, you know, learned it from obviously from David and Karen, a base level of what we were doing and then have been fortunate enough through Tick and a lot of his circle of people to just learn a lot of. Um, interesting perspectives, everything from a completely like passive leadership to um, more like Dan James, who does like liberty work and trick training for movies. So he works in huge yeah. contrast. And um, and the liberty work in general, like Linda Perelli will say it's you know it's mastering our own energy because you've got no rope, you've got no halter, the only thing you've got yeah. is your energy, and yeah. it's <clears throat> it's really um, it's really a fun place. And I was in the round pen the other day with a horse of mine that. I just couldn't quite get a read on what was, you know, I just couldn't quite get a read on what was going on when I was in the saddle. And one of my girls was just sat up on top of the round pen and we were in there for probably an hour just chatting and watching the horse back and forth. And it was so interesting because all of a sudden I felt like I had stepped outside of what was going on in my mind when I was riding the horse because I, I get without even knowing it. I was being very egocentric with my thoughts on the horse and what was going wrong. I'm doing this wrong. I need to do that better. I need this. I need that. We're actually just a young horse that made a couple of mistakes every now and then. And I watched him make identical learning things, like just on a a small jump at Liberty by himself. I just wanted to watch him. And I saw him make three mistakes and different mistakes and then just learn from it. And recognize when I was on him, Every time he was making a mistake, I was just changing the question,
2: you know, it, yeah. changing, yeah, which I know,
1: but I just, yeah. this is a horse that I just put a lot of pressure on. And so I just never gave him a chance to just figure it out and realize it's not me. It's not him. It's just this situation. And, you know, so it's fun when you can kind of, but I just felt like it, I just re- in that situation was able to remove all the emotional weight and just watch for a little bit, which is kind of, um, again, circling back to the meditation type thing, it just feels like it gives you a little distance from in time, you know, a little okay. distance in
2: time, if that makes sense. First, absolutely, right? And that is such a, like, that's a great example of that. And that's, I love that, right? I love that, you know, that you just took the time to do that one, right? That takes time and, you know, interest. And then it sounds like you read the situation really well, like when you, again, just by watching it, right? And that's, that's so cool. It's a fun, but I think, you know, you get
1: to the stage of the game that we're at a little bit. You're like, surely we got to start looking at this from some other, you know, like the inspiration comes from different places and and our want to get better comes from
2: different places, right? So I I had the most, so like you, like that experience with you, I had the most interesting experience the other day with horses and it changed my perspective. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I am fascinated by this. So I do a little bit of breeding and but I don't have my mares and my babies at my farm because we have so many competition horses and I think I think I can only do one thing well so I've tried to have broodmares and babies here before and it was so stressful for me and so awful right because I don't have I didn't have people that knew how to do that specifically and we really you know to me that takes Time and expertise mm-hmm. and and things, and you know it just did not work for me here, right? So, um, so I have them at a, a a man down the road who just does the most beautiful job, and the babies are so well handled and they're so beautiful. And I take them when they're two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year I have two. I just had two foals. And I had a yearling at his farm still and I limit myself how many I have with him. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need to get the yearling out of there. That's fine. I think the yearling will be okay to, you know, to go out with some of my older horses Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, okay. Wow. So we brought this yearling home and he was, he's beautiful and he's sweet and he's well handled and he's kind. And I turned him out in a field with, um, uh, and, Another brood mare, another yearling, Philly, and a little quarter horse mare that's, um, uh, you know, that is ridden by a kid, right? And I thought that'll be fine for him. Well, this little quarter horse mare, like, was like, I'm going to kill you, right? Like, I'm the to this yearling, right? Mm-hmm. She was so awful, like, so awful. And she basically ended up running him through the fence, right? Oh, my God. And, and, right. And it was, I've never seen, it was, I had this new, all of a sudden, this new perspective, and this new, like, because I believe horses are very earnest, and I believe they go the way they're ridden, and I, I tend to see really, you know, all of the good, like, all of the, their really good qualities, and then watching this little mare, right, this little 15-year-old quarter horse mare, and she was like, I'm gonna kill you, and I don't oh actually god. care, right, like, and she, you know, like, and teeth bared, and I was like, oh my god, like, Horses can be super dominant and aggressive, right? And I just, it was such an eye-opening perspective for me, which I know sounds silly, right? Like it sounds silly. Of course they can be, of course, horses are dangerous, right? (laughs) You know, like, state the obvious, right? Horses (laughs) are dangerous too, right? (laughs) But I was like, I've never actually, I was like, wow, like they're actually really dangerous, right? Right? (laughs) And I was like, my God, I just didn't. I didn't know, right? Like I didn't. I just didn't know, right? I, like you. I've just never seen a horse act that aggressively, and yeah. was literally going to kill this little baby, right? Like, and I think it was because he was a baby, right? And mm-hmm. usually, you think of. <laughs> Uh, you know, like they're going to take care of a baby or whatnot. Right. I don't know if it was because there was a herd of three females, like three mares. Right. And then I put a boy out with them, you know, and obviously it was gelded, but I just don't know. It was so interesting to me. And it just gave me this sort of brand new perspective of, oh, right. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, like well, you forget
1: because they're so they're so domesticated.
2: It's like you think,
1: but they're prey animals. So when they're threatened, and you know, most of the time, like it's most of the time, it's like the difference between them being born into a first world country like we're not worried about food we're not worried about a roof over our head exactly. you know so like our horses we get to motivate them by curiosity and play and yeah. you know like,
2: <laughs> so true
1: you know sometimes a little bit of uh pressure that doesn't even elevate into discomfort but you know then you have that you know the other side of of them is that uh prey animal and the instincts that come up out from like survival and it's obviously something about that baby inspired that type of like you need to die or i'm going
2: to die (laughs) right it was i just found it so fascinating and i just it was you know just like you taking the time to watch your young horse i was like oh i just like i just learned something right like i just learned something watching this situation yeah um and he's fine like my baby's fine and everybody's fine and it's all fine but i was like wow that's and I was, I was That's actually kind of inspired, inspired by it, right? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, right, like they they can take care of themselves sometimes too, yeah. right? <laughs> there's another,
1: there's another layer in there for sure. Yeah, That's so interesting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we um we have this really neat lady um named Elsa Saint Clair. Have you heard of Elsa? No. Um. So she um she basically um did a lot of she, she did a movie, a documentary um, called, um, Taming Wild. And so it started because she wanted to, a friend asked her basically if she, if she thought a horse would ever choose to be ridden. And so she,
2: great question.
1: Yeah. Right. She's like, "Hmm." and, um, so she had a film crew come out and for a year, basically she was in this huge field and had to, and just basically observed and played with certain things back and forth to see if this horse would ever choose to be written. Anyway, she, does, she's come to our place. She's coming again, um, this winter. So I'll tell you when she's coming over, you can come. She does. here. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. But her, her perspective comes from passive leadership. So she observes, you know, and, and what's interesting is in uh, most other fields other than ours, you know, there's certain, um, uh, people are required years of observation before they're even allowed touch, like working with ant- like gorillas or apes or anything like that. They have to observe them in the yeah. wild for a certain amount of hours. Right. Even if you're, if you're flying a plane, you have to ride next to somebody that's flying the plane for X amount of yeah. time, you know, with horses where it's like, Oh, well, we're We're trainers. <laughs> <Like, Yeah. laughs> she has got, she's got an amazing yeah. eye yeah. for her dynamics and watching horses in the field and how she starts with them is that it's actually kind of, she just, mirrors their actions and things like that but it was very very interesting watching her work with some of the different horses and we had this one mare here for a little while and we could not get her happy out in the field and she was very spooky to ride like super super spooky to ride and um very kind of marish and up and um then we ended up putting her with and she was here for about a month and a half or something and she just never quite settled and then we put her with this um half pony mare that always had a presence about her. Like she always just had, like, she'd look at you sideways and you're like, okay, I'm not a horse. You know, like where you're like, all right. (laughs) Well, we put this other mare out with her and I, it was so crazy interesting because the mare we put out with her, the one that had been so up, she finally laid down. Like she finally started sleeping. She finally started resting. The spooks. There were other things certainly that, that were playing into that as well. But as soon as I started seeing this, I thought I need to be more like that mare when I ride this horse. Like she never kicked her. She never did anything. She was just like, you could tell she knew what was going on. This is your space. This is my space. I've got all of this. So you can take a nap. And, um, and, yeah, it was really cool. And Elsa, I worked with this mare with Elsa and, in the, and we put two mares in the round pen and watched them work together and how they work together. And then we kind of put the person in there and I was working back and forth. And then just assuming that type of leadership on her back was I, I just never, like if, I, if she was doing something spooky or something like that, I just always kind of assessed it. Like, I see what you see. And if it was relevant, then we'd go over and check it out. If it wasn't relevant, my attitude just had to be it's not relevant. Like we're going over and doing this. It doesn't matter. Like, and not even make, you know, like how I treat my kids sometimes like I'm just not putting energy into that space. And, um, (laughs) you know, but it was crazy how actually watching it live in the field and seeing how it changed and influenced her attitude made such a difference. Like I didn't even, like, I don't even remember her spooking like the last six months I had her. And what was really funny was that, um, her and her owner didn't really get on her, her owner didn't actually buy her for her. She bought her for somebody else. And then the mayor ended up coming here. And, um, and, but they both had a, a relationship like that. Like she didn't like it when she spooked, she got really worked up about it. And I, you know, she came down to ride her and I said, oh, she's great. She's like barely spooking anything like that. And then she went to hop on her. And she, she was spooking at the, the mounting block. She was, <laughs> I was like, what? This horse is making you look like an idiot. She's been here for six months. <laughs> And um, but it just went back to that. All of a sudden she was kind of um yeah. it was just a different type of leadership, a different type of energy that she right. it like, was like, you don't you don't see what I see. <laughs> you
2: know? yeah. No, I they they know the energy around them so well, right? Like it's so you know, it's so obvious, you know, when you watch horses. And you always know what the rider on top of them is thinking, you know, or, you know, for sure, because there's an energy to a thought and that horse will tell you whatever someone is thinking, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, this one's nervous, right? Or whatnot, you know, and I'm like, it's so, it's so clear, but I I think that's so cool to, you know, I agree with you to watch them out in the field. You always kind of know what's going on, right? You know, what's going to happen and whatnot. I can't
1: can't remember who said it. I'm sure a lot of people have said it. um as always when I have like an epiphany I read a book somewhere and I see like 10 other people have already had this epiphany and written about it you know and um <laughs> I'm like why didn't I just read this book um but it it was kind of about being you know actually being more honest with the horses when you're on them and that looking at it through that lens that if you are scared just it's saying I am scared because it's almost that yeah. If you are scared, then if the horse picks up on the energy that you're scared of something, but you are trying to hide it, they then get twice as fearful. Whereas if you kind of, hand, which is often why you see like horses behave so well for young children, you know, because they're just yep. so genuine in their energy and their emotions, you know, and it's like, if you can actually hand it over, most of the time the horses go, I got gotcha. you. Like, it's fine. For
2: sure. For sure. Right. That's why they're, they're, they're amazing creatures, right? They're mm-hmm. amazing. And it's why, you know, they're used for ther you know, therapeutic riding and things yeah. like that, because they're, they're just, they read whatever is going on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, cool. It's crazy.
1: So in, in thinking about this, like, what is your, um, because this is when I saw I'm just circling around a lot. What is your relationship with pressure and when there is pressure and you know, when you have to be real about that at the competition, you know, and the energy that you feel like that puts off with your, with your horses, how do you, how do you, you know, conceptualize that idea?
2: Um, great question. (laughs) Great question. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's a great question. And, and I do think you have to know how your horse responds to adrenaline right like cuz that mm-hmm. pressure is adrenaline right mm-hmm. for competitors right like that pressure is is a form of a, adrenaline i think you can train adrenaline so i think you can train yourself to hype yourself up tone yourself down to do what you need to do to suit the horse you're sitting on who also responds to um, you know that pressure that pressure adrenaline whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. right so um, like Coolian show was like, again, he's so good in a competition because he's so lazy at home. He was such mm-hmm. a competitor, right? Like, mm-hmm. or is such a competitor. He gets to a show and, you know, he has, like bring it on right where at home you can barely make him camera right <laughs> he's like it's coolly
1: on show
2: for a reason yes exactly <laughs> it is so funny and then Klaus he really he is very 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 sensitive to any sort of pressure so yeah. I have to really I have I've just been very very slow with him because <clears throat> I've had to have I've had to train him to control his own adrenaline, his own mm-hmm. pressure. Um, and I definitely have to control mine with him, right? Like, cause you know, there's, you know, too much pressure. He does not do well with that. So awesome. you have to, um, I think you have to really be able to know how your horse is going to perform their best and respond accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully that's where I do think you know, being able to control your breath and, and where meditation has helped me be able to physiologically control what my body is doing so that that energy is appropriate for whatever horse I happen to be sitting on. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Do you do a lot of different breathing exercises when you're riding?
2: Uh, no, I just try and breathe right now, like I do. I know I do. Right. Like I do. I was Klaus. I always whisper under my breath to him, son, champions, they breathe. Right. Because, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Right. Because yeah. he is holding us. like, he is absolutely like, he is, he tries so hard and, yeah. um, he holds his breath. right? So mm-hmm. if you're holding your breath, you're not actually performing well. So yes. when I whisper to him, son champions, they breathe. Right. It helps me breathe. Right. Mm-hmm. When he is, you know, like so keen or so you feel like, Oh no, he's not actually, he's not with me. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's put so much tension in this. I have to get rid of that tension. Um, right. So, and breathing covers so many things. It's, it's one of, it's, it's that thing that's so unbelievably simple. You can't believe it can possibly be that simple, <laughs> right? but yeah. it is there right in front of you. Like the breath controls the mind, right? So mm-hmm. breath controls the body, right? Like you can slow your own heart rate, which helps control the thoughts, right? Your, your breath and out breath puts your shoulders down, right? And your shoulders being down is a balance point, right? Like, so these things are connected. It's (laughs) I know my God. And you just, if you think, God, it can't possibly be that simple. And it's not, but yet it is, right? Like there's so many so many things to to learn to know technically mentally physically all of the things but breathing is a really really important thing to do you know no matter where you're at in your in you know in your in your own um um you know your own journey your own Mm -hmm. you know riding journey competitive journey whatever (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I was, I think it's important. <laughs> I was at the,
1: I had to go to the dentist yesterday. I had five cavities yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh I just my like myself through, you know, torture. So I, I had just been canceling appointments and then I did my collarbone so I couldn't be in the chair. And then finally I'm like, okay, I can handle it. So, but I said to the lady, the the doctor, when she came in and she's getting everything ready. And I said, I'm so sorry, but I really need laughing gas. Like, can you, I just, I'm so nervous and it's going to, you got me blocked down for two hours and I just. And she, she's like, I think, I think we call it nitrous when you're over eight.
2: <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was oh, like, uh, yeah, laughing gas works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> just so give me some. Yeah, just I don't care what it is. And um, but it's just it just brought it back when you said that because she's she's working away back like in the farthest tooth, like in the back of my head. And I'm so uncomfortable. Right. And I still have the nitrous and surely you can't feel anything, but you hear it and you smell it yeah. and you're, yeah. and she says, she goes, just, I know you've got your mouth open, but just make sure you're breathing through your nose. And I'm like, I like, I don't know if I'm breathing through my nose, you know, like I'm <laughs> I like, and obviously the nitrous is, is you know, making all of these things a little bit hazy anyway. But what I noticed in that situation is I spent the next three minutes trying to just breathe in and out of my nose. And those three minutes, I didn't think once about the grinding that was going on in my teeth because I was just focusing on the breath so intently. Driven actually out of almost embarrassment because I could just picture myself like,
2: <sighs> oh yeah, like having a panic attack. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they're like, oh please, dear. And um <laughs> but it all of a sudden became very important to just breathe through my nose. Um, which, you know, with obviously with horses too, they just they're just nose breathers, they're not mouth breathers, which is an interesting thing as well. But um it just it was a, a, a mental moment that it just was marked by like, oh my god, breath is so, it, you don't think it can, but it can so change. Like I was sweating, like cold sweating, everything clenched. And then I just started focusing on that breath. And for three minutes, I just was like, fine. You know, it took the energy somewhere else, I guess. I don't know. It no, was... it's,
2: it's, it's it's so true, right? And it just seems so silly, but it's not. But.
1: <laughs> what do you say? Cause I, I'm sure you've had this, I have students say this, all the time they say I know I don't breathe what do, what do I do like what how do you advise people in their course they come out of the ring and they're beat red because they haven't breathed for 90 seconds or whatnot how
2: do you handle that practice yeah Practice and repetition right repetition right because in you hear it I, like I hear this and I used to say it right I'm like I like people have been telling me to breathe for my whole life and right like for a while it was really hard I'm like I would like at one point in my life I thought I must have exercise-induced asthma, right? So, like, you know, like, yeah. because yeah. I would, when I first started going advanced, going cross country, I would get this awful cough mm. when I was done, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm just not fit enough. I got to, you know, work out more, So you know, work out more. And like, and it would still happen. It would still happen. And I was like, I must have, I must have some sort of problem, right? <laughs> you know, like, so I went to the doctors and get tested for exercise-induced asthma, right? And I felt so silly about doing that because I was like, no, you just actually aren't breathing, right? But then I'm like, well, how do you breathe? Right? Like Yeah. And yeah. it takes it takes repetition. It takes time, right? It takes practice. It takes dedication too. Oh, it's not that's like it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Don't give up. Mm. Don't give up, right? Like, don't give up. It's gonna be okay eventually. Mm-hmm. You're gonna learn how to take a full breath in and let it out and be able to do that at any point in time. Right. Mm-hmm. But it takes time. You can't rush things. It took me decades to learn to breathe. right. Once
1: you realized that it wasn't asthma, did, what did you, how did you practice breathing? Did you just think about it when think, you were riding or
2: I didn't at that point I hadn't, and this was a long time ago, so I hadn't even, hadn't even heard of meditation or, you know, breathing or control or any of the things. Right. But I just, I realized I didn't have exercise induced asthma because they told me I did. not so I was like, (laughs) okay, then I'll just keep going. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so you just keep going. And because I never actually shared that with anybody. So Mm -hmm. I kept that to myself and I just thought I'll just work harder. Right. And so that's what you do. So that's what I did, you know, and if I had shared, and that's why I share these things, because, you know, maybe a couple years ago, I found out that, you know, one of our top competitors Hmm. did the same thing, you know, Hmm. thought they had exercise induced asthma, right? And I was like, Oh, see, we're all the same. And who knew, right? Like, who, like, who knew? So you have to share these things to say, Mm -hmm. you know what, it's okay, right? Like, we all think these, you know, we all think there's something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. We all think there's, oh my God, and what can I do to work harder, right? Right. To make this better? When the answer is, just breathe, right? (laughs) You know, but then it's okay. It is okay. Cause I have people say all the time, well, you know, like you just said, like, I can't breathe. Uh-huh. like, you know, there's this beautiful thing called repetition. Right. And I say that all the time, the mother of all skills is repetition. So uh-huh. just don't give up, keep repeating. Eventually you learn and practice when you're not in the hard situation, practice when you're not, you know, mm-hmm. going cross country, right. Mm-hmm. Practice when you're just sitting at your kitchen table, right. just, practice it and there's now there's 18 million apps that'll teach you how to breathe. just so you know right yeah that's so there's so many you know we're not you're never reinventing the wheel like what you said about the books right you know you come to an epiphany and then you realize oh yeah it's been written about five or you know that's true of Everything, right? You know, like there's, someone's been through this before. Someone has gone through this same journey before. There's probably a book or two or 10 Mm -hmm. or 50 million about it out there somewhere. Just, you know, sort of be willing to, you know, listen, pay attention. Maybe someone says something interesting, follow up on it, right? Like, you know, go, you know, you can, the information that's out there is unbelievable unbelievable right like you can learn or find out about anything Mm -hmm. but then I also think you have to be careful I think you have to make sure that you're on your own path right like Mm -hmm. I think probably everyone breathes ever so slightly different right Mm -hmm. you know in your own way and your own your own um your own you know the sweet spot right that works for you whether you're talking about breathing or riding or you know a morning routine an afternoon routine a, you know a what you know whatever it is it's that sweet spot that works for you, that middle ground that works for you. I think, you know, that's a pattern. I realize it doesn't actually matter what you're talking about; it's all the same, right? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's all the same, yeah. right? And so there's yeah. there's that, you know, I call it the sweet spot because that yeah. I like that. I like that term, right? It yeah. makes me feel happy, right? And I'm like, I'm looking for the sweets, right? Yeah. 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 totally. Well, and I think that
1: so much is that actually when when we start to look at the learning with more curiosity instead of desperation, you know, like I I gotta do that because sure. I gotta get better. Then it become you you can put more flexibility into what you're learning and what you're picking up and, and create it as your as your own. And um what you I, I wanna go back to what you said a second ago because it it actually was a really interesting point um about the breathing that I hadn't thought about, but you said you said practice it when there's not the thing. But what that reminded me of was um, surely you've, you've broken ribs, like I'm sure.
2: I actually have not actually broken oh. ribs. I've broken many other other bones. I remember a rib. Uh, don't do it.
1: Um, but I I have done it a, a handful of times, and I, I didn't realize how much fascia was getting locked around my rib cage over a, a long period of time, and um, which was making it incredibly hard for me to take a deep breath. And I didn't really notice um, until I had a body worker a couple of years ago come and start working on some stuff because I was getting really bad headaches and really bad issues in my neck. And she started working on my ribs. And I just all of a sudden over the period of two or three sessions could take a deep breath. And it oh, was like so cool. insane feeling to have my lungs feel with air.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: then be able to I was like, oh, my God. Because she, she's, you know, feeling around it's like, whoa whoa, can you take a deep breath? I'm like, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, um, but it was a really neat feeling. And so when you said everybody breathes a little bit differently, um, you know, I think that's probably an exercise that, that we could all use at, at home is not even to practice just saying breathe, but how can you take a full deep breath of air, you know, in a non-stressful non-stress, yeah. situation, you know, in that course, you know, when you're not stressed out, and you're breathing normally. See if you can even take that breath deeper so that your practice at home is just at like 150%. And then when you get to the horse show, even if it's a shallow breath, it's still quite full. Um, Yes. Backing up and practicing in that space, because since this time I broke a couple of ribs and I am constantly, because I know what that full breath feels like. Yeah. Now I'm constantly working on, I mean, every day for four weeks, I've been working on finding that deep breath and every day I get a few more, but I mean the first yeah. little while, you know, like I'm still on, like, maybe I get 15 deep breaths a day, you know, like, but I know what it feels like so I can keep getting there.
2: Hi, Henrik. hi, <laughs> babe. <She needs laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> um,
1: but I think that's a really, I just wanted to mark that because that's going to help me. I'm going to use that. So I don't want people to miss it.
2: Well, and I and I just to be uh, like I don't want people to miss this either, right? Which is I've never broken ribs, but it took me years and years and years to be able to take a deep breath. Mm. Like it, it took, like it took, it has taken me years of practice. Right, and I had a physical therapist working me but from other injuries, right? And mm. she's like, "Oh no, you don't know how to take a deep breath," <laughs> no? And I was like. I'm trying. This is not it. Right. And I'm like, oh, right. So I actually think, like, I think that's so interesting. It's got to be somewhat universal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I've had really good friends say it to me I don't know about this breathing thing, like, this take a deep breath. I can't do it. And then I end yeah. up, losing my breath, right? Like I can't do it. And then it makes me anxious. So then, and then I end up gasping, right? Yeah. So I actually think it's also a universal thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say, that, you know, with anything, it's repetition, right? Yeah. Don't give up just repetition. And eventually yeah. you can find yeah. that big, deep breath, right? Yeah. And
1: I had a, um, a horse a few years back that had a lot of um, issues. I, and this is how I ended up finding Um, Chinese medicine and using more Chinese medicine with my horses, because he was had so many issues, he was really shutting down. But one of the um, I I was speaking to a horse communicator, because that's, you know, you just try every avenue. And she was great. And one of the strongest things she recommended to me, she said, you're not breathing. And he's completely mirroring you like he stops breathing completely. She's like, every time you go somewhere, you have got to start breathing like he is just such a sensitive animal he, and he's he was a big french horse like he was very introverted like he was as slow as the day is long but he was just everything was in size you know yeah. and um but that was what she said when you get to a new property when you get everywhere like he just would go in his head and slow down she's like because you're you're not breathing you need to help him yep. learn how to breathe and i thought that was yeah. like really actually pretty powerful you no, know which is so good. Cool. you're like
2: well, that kind of makes sense, I guess. <laughs> but, no, it's so, it's so cool. They go the way they're ridden, right? Yeah. So whatever you're doing on there, you know, they're doing, right? Yeah. it's, it's just, I, I find it fascinating. I love it. Such a,
1: such a mirror. So when you're, so you have a lot of, you know, you're, you're very well renowned for, you know, producing writers and students that stay with you a long time and also feel very safe and confident in your space and um so can you talk about that a little bit and how you kind of um you know because obviously it's kind of the same deal is that you probably have several students that are quite different you know like your three different advanced courses and how they learn yeah. and how they think and how do you kind of manage that part of it while teaching the skill set part as well
2: um I, my, my, my my gut instinct is, there, I, is, I don't actually know, to be honest. <laughs> it must be because I breathe.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I just breathe. I the, my lessons consist of me standing in the middle of the ring breathing. <laughs> <laughs> do, do what you want.
2: <laughs> um, no, I think that it is, everybody does learn differently. And I don't know if I am just intuitive. With my students, that I can pick up what might work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think about it. I think it just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also I hold everyone who comes to me and, and works with me and stays with me. I hold them to the same standard I hold myself. And you know, I think that people appreciate that, right? Like, I I don't want to. I don't. I'm not going to limit any horse that I ride, I'm going to produce them to the best of their ability. And I'll do the same with my students. Right. I'm not going to mm-hmm. limit anyone. Like I think that um, we, you know, I think that and I do believe that you can accomplish anything you set out to accomplish. Right. So I, you know, and I, it, it you know, for the, for my style that works for people, I think that's great. It's just like, you know, your style that works for some horses isn't going to work with all horses. Right. so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that people that, that appreciate the way I do things, you know, then they tend to stay, but, you know, I've also had lots of people that have left. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I
1: think that's, what's even nice now, like, this is what we're trying to do a lot on this podcast is exactly what, you know, you're talking about is just share everybody's you know, just stories and that we're all the same. We're all going through the Weird. same stuff. Of and course. It's now, like I even feel like more lately in the last few years, you know, like certain people get associated with certain things and that's the people that, you know, come and stay and they're gravitating towards you for these different of reasons. Um, yeah. And it's obviously working because, you know, you've got some students that are really doing quite well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have your success, but a lot of, you know, like, like Dan and a lot of people that are coming through that you're kind of like, what, 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 you know, you think you've, you've seen everything or done everything, or even, you know, um, it, it's just neat watching these stories and that there's a technical skill, but there has to be this other motivation and confidence that's coming through. That's obviously getting, um, you know, people are getting swept up in that energy at your place, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty cool to, see, or wow. to be around.
2: I am, I feel very lucky with, you know, the, you know, the people that come through here and everybody works so hard, right? And, you know, it's just, there's a real dedication, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, which that, you know, that, 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 that goes a long way.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, it's funny. I did a um, <clears throat> a podcast a couple of days ago. I don't even think it's out yet with um, Rebecca Howard in England. And right away, it's funny. She, like her quote that kept coming through so many times was hard work is not enough she's like I just at some point I realized like hard work is not enough and so I had to find this other path that worked for her moving for England into England kind of getting around these certain people she's like once yeah. I, I just realized hard work wasn't enough there had to be something else to get to that next jump, yeah. you know um, yeah. and everybody what she found and what she did was independent and individual to her but it was it, I think you're so right is that everybody works so hard so then finding your space in there that kind of, um, yeah, gets you kind of to your next learn or your next jump is kind of fun.
2: It is fun. And I find it really interesting, you know, that I think like hard work isn't enough, but then you have to be really aware of some things. And I find this so fascinating, but, you know, I've never tried to be a really good teacher. Hmm. But I am a good, but I am a good teacher. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I find that so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. here's something I don't actually try, you know, like, like, I I enjoy education a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but it, I never thought, oh, I'm gonna, you know, like, it, it was never, never specifically thought about being a teacher, right? Right. Or a or a coach or anything. I just happen to be good at it, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, nothing is just happens to be, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. you've I've had a lot of good coaching, a lot of good instruction and i think there's something to be said for you know that which you don't strive for that you don't mm-hmm. put right it's all you know like every hope and dream on is just yeah. easier right yeah so, and yeah. i find that really interesting in my you know my competitive career as a rider i think about that a lot because i strive so hard for that and mm-hmm. I I find it super interesting, right? The, you know, Oh, well, you know, maybe just a little bit less might be the thing you need, you right. know, or whatnot. And you're just, you're always playing with things, right. You're always, you're always trying to figure out what gets you to that next level. What makes you mm-hmm. that bit better, you know, no matter how far you've gotten. Yeah. And so I just, yeah. it, it, and it's just, you know, that it is that curiosity, that fascination that, you know, mm-hmm. that being open to things, yeah. you know, that's, you know, I, I love the natural horsemanship. I love working with cowboys, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's this, so many, um, you know, observations, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're so clear about their observations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of them is like, well, if, you're, if it's not working with your horse, do exactly the opposite and just see what happens. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I think that if, if we were all willing to do those things yeah. more often, right? You know, like, no, yeah. oh, why don't you just do exactly the opposite? Just see what happens. At least it's, yeah. a, it's information, right? Like yeah. it's a learning curve that you're going to have more information then. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. and just, I, I think things like that are so cool. Well, I think it, it keeps you uh,
1: like one step in a realistic, I don't know if realistic is the right word, but one, one foot um, on a different train because we get so um, on a competition performance avenue lane, and that's very linear. You know, we do this, we do this, do we do this. And if you compare that with other sports, okay. But in our sport, we're working with an animal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, you know, that's,
1: that's the big thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So it can go a little lateral, and um, yeah. and to just make sure to keep those perspectives that aren't on a timeline. You know, like we're, yeah. well, we've got to go to this event, and this event, and this event, and I've got to drop that score by 0.5 in order to be competitive yeah. with those guys that are over there. And so yeah. it can. And th- whereas that those those goals and that knowing is very very important, it can be all consuming, and then you miss the big picture. Right? What is happening? Yeah. What is going on? You know, like what is happening? <laughs> um and uh it's it's and often what's so funny is that it shows up I have found in the history when I look back at my horses in moments where it's not gone well is the connection or lack there for the lack of connection with the horse shows up on the flat in the connection like it's not there it goes away of course you know like when there's a a conversation or something that happens in front of a jump or there's a miscommunication it's because the connection is just not there so you're kind of you know, it's it's so important to have those sides and those guys that are, you know, have real working horses that they're, the horses are learning their lateral movements by literally cutting cows, like it, it yeah. is very clear or that are, they're observing in the round pen all the time without a timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have just developed um, such an eye and a key way to think and see things that we're not always seeing, you know, like, and For so sure. it really um, is a great perspective and, and if, you know, if we can keep telling ourselves that it's just as important at a certain point, you know, like it, it's probably always a, important, but there is an amount of skill that you have to have. Like if you're going to be jumping jumps, you have to, you have to work on your eye. You have to work on your technique. You so. have a, there's a certain element of that, that you have to have the skill set, And then, but almost an equal sense is that you've got to have the, the horse psychology, the behavior side of it, the eye for yeah. it, the energy for it, you know, like. So it's just yeah, it's kind of balancing all of those things, and and those guys just have such a good. They're the experts of that, right? Like that's yep. It's that's what they do.
2: <laughs> yep. No, <laughs> no, it's it's so good. Well,
1: cool. So, okay, okay. I'm gonna get to the questions because I, I could keep keep having this conversation all day long. <laughs> <laughs> <Me too.
2: laughs> I love it.
1: Um, but we have these five questions that hopefully you got <laughs> you got got a chance to look at them. Um, and, uh, we wrap all of our podcasts with these. So they're pretty, pretty fun. Um, okay. so are you ready to crack on I'm with these? S- I'm so ready. <laughs> Deep breath <laughs> exactly. um, Hold it at the bottom. Um, what is the biggest lesson a horse has taught you about yourself?
2: Um, I don't, I, I thought about this one and I don't have a, uh, specific answer I will say that my horses on a daily basis teach me something about myself. Right? Yeah. And, and um, uh, sometimes that's a, you're doing a great job, Sharon. Right. And sometimes that's, you need to calm down, Sharon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. right? And sometimes it's, uh, you need to back off, Sharon. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it's, oh, you actually need to, you know, step it up a bit. Right. Like on a, on a daily basis, if you actually listen to your horses, they're always telling you something about yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to listen, right? And, you know, half the time I ignore them. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just the mood today. So you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I, you know, I do think they are, um, you know, the lessons learned. You know, are are immense, right? Mm. Immense, and um, you know the the specific horses that read you so well. I think all horses read you so well, right? Mm-hmm. I think they really do. So, um, on a you know, again, on a daily basis, they are telling me something about myself.
1: Right. Interesting. It's funny, like you say that, and the the answer to that question a lot of times has been patience. But I actually think this is a layer deeper because it's like, they teach you how to be a good listener. Like if you want to hear it.
2: For right? sure. Right. For sure. It's real. And it's really interesting. So I started taking dancing lessons last year um, because, awesome. because Sandy Phillips told me it would help my dressage. And she told me this, you know, years and years ago, but I, don't, I was like, I don't think I'm a dancer. I don't think that. <laughs> so, but last year I was like, okay, if this is going to help my dressage, I'm going to go start taking dancing lessons. So I started taking dancing lessons and I was like, okay, now I think I know what it means to be one of my horses, right? Because uh, you're a follower, right? Like I'm I'm being led and you're following, but it is a partnership, right? And I was like, this is so fascinating, right? And- And I know as a thought, like when I, I love my dancing lessons, like it's the closest thing to riding a horse I've ever found, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's such Mm -hmm. a connection between you and the person you're dancing with and the aids can be so subtle, but so clear. And Mm -hmm. when there's an energy that's working together, it's just the funnest, coolest thing ever. So, but I also have great appreciation now for, oh, right. Like, my horse are actually just listening to everything I'm doing on mm-hmm. them because as a follower, all I'm doing is I'm I'm following these cues to the best of my ability. The more relaxed I am, the better I am at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, there I've only danced with I have lessons in Florida and lessons here. So two professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Two professionals. So they're very good at what they do. So they're good leaders, right? And yeah. It makes you feel like, like I'm oh like I can dance. like I can do anything. I can dance. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I've kind of felt that way from the beginning. I'm like, I'm oh, a good leader. And I was like, oh, a good leader, right? Like a good like be a good leader for your horse, right? And know that they're just trying to do what you're doing. And yeah. I find that so cool, right? So yeah. that's been um, so eye opening to me, and yeah. it's really made the connection with my horses even better, like even better. Right. So that's how I really know that intimately. Well, now the lessons they, they teach, teach me, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, they are just telling you exactly what you are doing up there. Right. That That, that's funny because, um,
1: tick always, he's been on and on. He wants to take Ballroom dance lesson. Oh, i right? tell him and, to do it. Oh my god, it's so cool. <laughs> and I was like, I want to play tennis. And tennis is the only sport that he he does every sport, like any sport, you name it, like he can do it. But tennis, he was like, meh. And I was like, well, then I'm not going dancing. And
2: uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> so don't go dancing either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we we started taking tennis lessons last year, but but it's interesting that you say that about the dancing because I've always loved to dance. But then I took a few dance lessons years and years ago, and I hated taking the dance lessons because I felt like a. I actually, now that you say that, I just couldn't get my timing right. I couldn't get the rhythm right in the lesson because normally, if I was at the club, right, like I (laughs) was like
0: dancing, dance, or
1: just going with the music. Or, or I lived in Georgia for a while, and we used to go to, um, you know, when all the swing dancing was really really popular yeah. and it's if you have a good leader with that I mean they're just spinning you all over the yes. place and it's fine no, it's so fun but when I was trying it's that's so funny that you said that. but I, I never wanted to take dance lessons again because I'm like I just I'm, I can't take the lessons but it's probably because I got so tense with somebody telling me what to do I think my timing sense. was all screwed up
2: yeah well I go too like that's the other thing I love about the dancing lessons is because I have no motive with them right like I really like when I started I just was like okay I'm just sort of interested in this but Mm. I don't again I don't really care right you know like (laughs) like you know like what am I and the fact that I enjoy it so much and I realize Mm. I enjoy it so much when I'm not thinking about it Right. right like and as soon as I start to you know, sort of think about what the timing and the moves are. I yeah. suck. Right. Yeah. But if I just let myself go, right. And just completely yeah. just like be led around and whatnot. It's so fun and I'm so good. Right. Like, That's And it's, so it's just so interesting. Right. Yeah. Like, I just find it so unbelievably interesting. Like I couldn't tell you right now, I've now been doing this for like a year and a half. I I couldn't tell you, like, I do all of the things, you know. I waltz and I fox trot and I tango and I West Coast swing and I East Coast swing and I do all the things. I cha cha do, you know, like, we do all of the things. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how to do any of them, right? Yeah. But yeah. I couldn't tell you intellectually how to, I could not tell you, right? Like, I could not tell mm-hmm. you the timing. I could not tell you the, you know, like, the, mm-hmm. But I can I can do them right yeah. when you know when it in the moment my dancing instructor here, he's like, You have no idea what we're doing to do you. He's like, But you're very good at it, right? And I was like, That's It's so all good cringy. for me, you know, like it's all yeah. good because it's there's no pressure to it. I'm never gonna be a professional dancer, I'm never gonna mm. I'm not worried about it. So to me, it's such a non-pressure thing at all. Mm. But mm. I find that really useful for when I'm in a pressure situation, right? Mm. Because I'm like, now just remember mm. how easy it is for you to do something that just becomes muscle memory, right? Yeah. When you don't think about it, right? And mm-hmm. If you don't think about it. And so I try and apply that to, when you ask that question about pressure, but right? mm-hmm. I, I apply that to those situations of pressure as well. And I find it so useful. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. Cause that's like, I always think that like that, when you get that tension and that try, it's like a feel blocker. Right. Like it's just like, yeah, it's like, sure. is blocking the conversation yeah. between the horse. And, yep. and so to try and figure out the flow without blocking, you know, without the, the tension. Yep. Yep. That's so crazy. That's so cool. I didn't think you did that. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And that just, I never put that context in that why I dislike the dance lesson so much. It actually mm-hmm. would probably be the equivalent of some like hotshot kid coming in and riding well or doing something really well and then coming in and trying to learn the technique behind it and losing right. all of the rhythm and feel and then just being like, I exactly. oh, no,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, like this is this is not fun. I am not doing no. this. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. going back to the club. Fun. See you guys for later. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like for sure. So so it's it's fascinating. Like it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um do you have a favorite training or competition mantra you reference regularly?
2: Um not necessarily like uh I tell my thing I tell myself things, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes My big one is relax, right? Like just relax, slow your roll, sister. I say, slow your roll, sister. (laughs) Um, Or sometimes I just say, you know, get on with it, right? Like don't be silly, just get on with it, right? So it depends on, you know, sort of how I'm feeling at the moment. You know, am I trying too hard? Then it's, you know, relax, slow your roll, right? And if I'm feeling like... You know, like oh, I don't know. You know, then I think just get on with it. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, not gonna like just no, get on with no, it. No
1: creeping in, You're like absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: no time so. for that.
1: I wrote, I did, I wrote down your quote that that when you said, "Sun champions, they breathe."
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That is. I actually. Yeah. That's what I actually, I will actually, that's what I say to my horses when I'm going cross country, if they need that yeah. or whatnot. Right? And yeah. that's definitely, that's definitely Klaus's mantra. <laughs> yeah. that, that's uh,
1: that's t-shirt worthy. Uh, right. I know. I, kind of th- I feel like I need to talk to the ladies at Ride IQ and for each of these segments have, have one of the quotes on t-shirts or something like yeah. that for everybody's thing. Cause um, some pretty good ones come out of that. I love that. That's
2: great. That's great. Um, awesome.
1: Is there a piece of advice someone gave you along the way that you still reference today?
2: Um, definitely persevere. Right, Don't give up. That's, that's, that would be probably the biggest one. I don't even remember who would have, I mean, I'm sure I've been told that, you know, so many times, the only way something, you know, doesn't happen is if you give up. Right? Yeah. And so that is for sure the biggest, best piece of advice I have ever ever been given, right? Which is... finding, finding Nemo, right? Just
1: keep swimming. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Right. Just keep doing it. The only way it doesn't happen is if you stop doing so. Just... Yeah.
1: Keep on swimming. Yeah. What do you do when you are seeking inspiration?
2: <laughs> um, I kind of feel like we've gone like I, I think you can find inspiration in so many places. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, you know, I think learning anything new is inspiring. So mm-hmm. anything um, I, I find inspiration everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. I find insp- like I'm inspired by you right now. <laughs> right, like, I am, right? Like, I think it's so cool, right? Like, we're, again, I think that, you know, to hear how you think about things and I'm like, oh, like, that's so cool, right? <laughs> I think that's inspiring, right? And I think that I find that everywhere, right? Like, I'm inspired when, uh, you know, like a baby horse does you know puts a foot right you know like does uh you know does a transition well like that's mm-hmm. inspiring because you want more of it right mm-hmm. it's inspiring you know when your more experienced horses you know get like get a little better at something come mm-hmm. up in their backs a little bit more take a you know take a deeper breath themselves right mm-hmm. you know they get a little stronger like all of these things are so inspiring so mm-hmm. um inspiration i think is all around mm-hmm. us every day yeah mm-hmm. that um
1: The very simple, I did, there's a a really good podcast with Linda Pirelli and her answer was like exactly the same. She's like, I wake up and I just, she's like, I just look around. She's surrounded by people, by horses. And she's like, it's everywhere. You just gotta be looking. It is,
2: it is everywhere. And it'd be open to anything, right? Like it can, you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody's got everybody's got something to teach you, right? Everybody, right? so it's, you know, like all the, you know, all my kids that are around me, I always think, you know, I'm inspired by them every day. You're never too young to teach, right? You're never too old to learn, right? So mm-hmm. it's you know you can if you just look around and and you know any moment in time you're learning something from mm-hmm. someone or something or some creature or you know something you're like oh right like mm-hmm. that's that oh, you know yeah. look at that right like that's you know so I, it's, I, I find that that pretty easy, Pretty
1: easy yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably that's that I was um uh I just had a weird day the other day and I just, you know, like felt the you know, like just didn't feel great. I you know, I wasn't able to I kind of got bogged down with some stuff in the morning and I just felt like not awesome. And I'm and you know, I was trying to think what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? because I was seeking that kind of inspiration. And it took me uh like a lot of hours to find it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: um, I, I made a few wrong turns looking for it. I'll tell you that. But, um, you know, it ended up actually just, you know, working out for like doing something harder so that I felt like rest felt inspiring. And, um, yeah. um but I am just thinking of like an inspiration challenge where maybe trying to do something where instead of in the moment when you need inspiration, figuring out little, you know, like that real thing that you need, but when you are feeling good, to kind of look around and see, okay, that little thing inspires me, that little thing inspires me, or that's interesting, or that's interesting, to kind of have a list of stuff when you start feeling that kind of, ugh, coming on, that you can reference this or that or whatever, you know, like it, because I, like a couple of days ago, I, I'm I'm normally like you or like Linda, I, I like to read, I love to teach, I love to write, I find inspiration a lot of places, but, you know, sometimes you just have a, a day or...
2: Of course, you know, everybody
1: does. Yeah, if you're have, if you feeling sick or you have an injury or you're, you know, if there's something that's limiting you from being able to do what you want to do, you know, I'm just wondering if there's, I th- I'm going to do a little inspiration challenge. Maybe we can do something on the ride oh, IQ app that, that when you're like feeling it. good, you, you find some things that, you know, kind of spark you when you're already a little bit I up know. and that way you can kind of reference those. Refer- remember it.
2: I do now, think it's important, like, like everybody has times when they, like, I have lots of times when I feel um, uh, not good, right? You know, like, like, of course, everybody does, right? Like, I, I just um, was out in Utah teaching a clinic, and, you know, I had my plane ride out there. And this is very embarrassing, and I probably should not share, <laughs> but I will share. Um, this is so, and I was just sad. I was just sad, and I was watching. um, I had downloaded "This Is Us," the uh, oh TV God. show. This Is I, I so I have never. Oh, okay, okay, so right, so <laughs> I have never. Like I just got into this, and and I love it, right? And yeah. so I'm on the plane though, and I'm like, I'm just, you know, I just, oh, I'm just, I'm just kind of tired and whatnot. So then I start watching this, and I literally, been, like, I am bawling on the I plane, know, I'm like trying to hide I'm like oh my god I can't stop right and then, and then I was like you have to stop watching this because you have to stop crying right? yeah. and then I stopped watching but I couldn't stop crying oh no. oh no oh no and, and I was like oh my god these poor people next to me on the plane they're gonna think I have COVID oh, because god. I had a mask on but I had to keep blowing my nose right? <laughs> no <gasps> And I was like Get your life together, Sharon. (laughs) What is happening? And then I was like, actually, you know what? It's okay, right? Like it's okay. You're allowed to be sad sometimes. Just be sad. Like it's totally okay. Might as well, you know, crying on a plane as well. Just like whatever. (laughs) And crying by yourself in your room, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're never gonna see any of these people ever again, so it's it's totally <laughs> all right. But you know, of course, like I I have these. Of course, we have these moments, and I'm like, well, that's actually so. It's the emotion is actually kind of nice. It's better than mm-hmm. never having the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you're just mm-hmm. sad, and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not inspired, and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, then yeah, you know, like it's it's no matter what's going on, you're gonna be okay. Like it's yeah. all gonna be just. And I do find, I take inspiration when I feel like that and knowing that at any given point in time, you are where you're meant to be, but like at any given point in time, whatever you're feeling, it's what you were meant to, it's what Mm -hmm. was meant to be at that point in time. So, you know, don't, don't fight it, you know, like don't, you know, like it's, it's all good, right? Like, you know, there's something in that moment to be gained, Mm -hmm. whatever that moment is um and that yeah. definitely helps me lets me be able to cry on a cross country trip so <laughs> all <gonna> be okay <laughs> i've definitely been
1: that person but there there are yeah. million dollar Executives and producers that make you cry in that show. Like I had to stop <laughs> it I was, like, okay. Every day I was coming home and I was just like bawling, you know. I can't
2: anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad it was so funny. Oh, God, yeah, you know. I know.
1: I just, I just switched myself, and now I'm, I, I'm like a Ted Lasso kind of girl now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> like, I got to keep it up. But no, I, I, I think on the emotional scale, it's like. I think Warwick Schiller says it the best is that to have the highs, you have to have the lows, you know, and anything of that you course, listen to yes. on any, obviously like um, anybody that's on medication for depression or um, PTSD or any trauma related anything it for sure is so helpful in so many places, um, especially if you're needing sleep or um, things like that, but it also those, the, it blocks the same things that let you feel the highs. And so like you, you know, like that's what I try to, if I'm having those days that I feel a little bit low or whatever, I'm like, that's okay because I have, I have this depth here a little bit. I can also experience the height there a little yeah. bit. And it's just to make sure that I don't get stuck in either one for too long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this flight will be landing in three hours and I will exactly. be okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, will, I will be Okay. Um, have you had an experience or adversity separate from horses in your life that you feel has directly influenced you as a horseman or horsewoman? Um,
2: uh, yes, uh, definitely, um, the death of my mom and living through, right? Living through, um, 12 years with her where we weren't sure if today was the day, right? So that mm-hmm. it gives you, um, a lot of perspective uh, about what's important and a lot of patience, And yeah. so um, that's, you know, definitely one of those experiences um, that helped me grow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It helps me be better with my horses. Yeah. And so um, that's, uh, that, yeah, that meant a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the, the attention to Presence and awareness and space and time and how it's all important but it doesn't matter at all at the same time it's like the constant you know Uh, paradox of life
2: Um, so for sure
1: (laughs) yeah Um, well I think that's just actually so so amazing the the twelve years that you had together and that that in itself might have been such a a, well, it must have been right, like such a strengthening of your relationship and your time together, because it just oh. made you pack your life into that amount of space and time with her.
2: It was a gift. It was an yeah. absolute gift. I can't like, I, I, so grateful, right, mm-hmm. that you know, so awful that you know, for her to have that, and so grateful to have all of that time. Like most, you know, mm-hmm. most people. They don't have that right when someone dies they die and most of the time it's unexpected right and mm-hmm. that's awful so mm-hmm. that um i think it's um it was a gift you know yeah. that 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 happened the way it did and so many so many life lessons with that mm.
1: um well sharon this has been amazing um, it's been such a wonderful conversation. I'm inspired. <laughs> uh, I'm inspired too, <laughs> Sinead, You are so good
2: at this. Oh my God, you're so uh, you're brilliant. I love it. Yeah. No.
1: Well, it's it has been something that has been surprisingly. I don't know why I'm surprised. I have like really cool friends, but it's been so fun to have this like space and time with with you and with a, a lot of our guests because again, it makes you realize um, that we're all you know doing the same thing maybe slightly different course, ways that yeah. have the same the same dreams and goals and highs and lows and all of that stuff in between and the more like you're doing which is so amazing the more you can share it which I felt a conscious effort from you just even in I don't know what uh in things I've read or notes that have been out and about or your students getting interviewed at press conferences and you've just there's just been this hint of um you know, focus on your energy and your your mental awareness and that thing. And I think it's so, so cool. And I think you just keep on doing it. Keep on sharing that. <laughs> uh, it's gonna make a lot of people, but more importantly, a lot of horses uh, have a, a lot more pleasant experience <laughs> with with the people like us that they have to put up with all the time. <laughs> so there are so uh, bad dance partners
2: <laughs> No, anyone can learn to be a good dance partner. Just follow, <laughs> relax, relax. Uh, relax, relax,
1: breathe. Yeah. champions, they breathe too. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day and with your evening plan, have a glass of wine, have a yeah. glass of champagne, <laughs> your work is done. Um, and uh, I'm excited to share with this, this with the rest of our community.
2: Thank you so much. And thank you for doing it. It's such a, it is again, it's a beautiful thing, right? And then, you know, to get the information out there, right? So thank you for doing it.
1: (laughs) My my pleasure. All right, Sharon, we'll see you soon.
0: Sounds great. All right, bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation before you go, I just want to let you know more about Ride IQ. At its core, Ride IQ gives everyone access to instruction from the best equestrian coaches in the world. It might sound impossible, but with Ride IQ, you get access to the private mobile app that has hundreds of on-demand listen while you ride audio lessons taught by top riders and coaches in eventing, hunter jumpers, and dressage. Here's how it works. You look through the app and choose a lesson based on your horse or a skill you're working on. There are lessons for green off the track thoroughbreds and nervous horses and horses that are behind the leg, as well as lessons that teach every stage of skills like shoulder in or trot lengthenings. Then you tack up and press play and you have a top coach like Doug Payne or Leslie Law or Gina Smith in your ear, guiding you every step of the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, it is always appreciated if you can take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and family and leave a review on your podcast app. The best way to support the podcast is to become a Ride IQ member at ride IQ.com. And when you do, we hope you're excited to see that Instride is just one of multiple podcast shows on the app including hack chats, conversations with coaches, and more. And lastly, I wanted to let you know that our friends over at Major League Eventing also have a podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, I think you would also really enjoy their show. Just search for the Major League Eventing podcast in your podcast app and give it a listen.